0: blog talk radio Everyone, um, welcome to the show. Talk Nerdy to Me Radio is September 4th, 2019. Uh, my name is Megan, and I'm here with Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Basically, I was worried that Kristen would not be able to make the show because she was um, basically held hostage by a hurricane, but thankfully, she's gotten past the hurricane. And she seems to be doing fine. Um, Kristen, are you here? All right. Looks like we're having some technical difficulties with Kristen, so I'm going to move forward a little bit. So this is what the (laughs) show. There you are.
1: Did the hurricane get you? Massive issues. Apparently, it messed up my my electronics. But uh, no. uh, Yeah, I, I survived. It was good times. Um, but it did hold me hostage for like four days because we were so like amped about it and then it kind of was anticlimactic so but that's the thing about hurricane it was terrible that is
0: we were sending good vibes towards you all right so the show today we're going to talk a little bit about television in general we're going to talk about books in general and then the la- the second half of the show is going to be all about the television Friends, the television show Friends, uh, which is one of my favorites. So we're gonna look at different parts of that show, the good and the bad. I'm also gonna bring out the criticisms of Friends as well. So we'll look at we'll look at both sides, try to get as many p- opinions in there as possible. So let's start off with our television show of the moment. So, Kristen, what is it that you think that people should be watching? Nothing. Or no. not watching. So,
1: I've been, <laughs> I've been having a thing about TV lately. Like, I've not been in the mood to watch television shows. I've been in the mood to mm-hmm. watch something that I could just watch but do other things. But I'm currently playing catch-up on shows I did not watch last season, and the new seasons are getting ready to start. So... Yeah. I I decided I was going to catch up on Supergirl. So I'm currently on the most recent season of Supergirl. I have no idea what season that is, honestly. Um, but I got to say, this past season of Supergirl ha- is my least favorite so far. Um, I love mm. Supergirl. Me and my daughter watch it together. She's 11, and she loves it. And this one's just kind of boring me. So um, I'm only like a third into it though. So I'll I'll let you know once I finish. But that's currently my binge-ish when I'm in the mood for TV, I'll watch
0: that. Gotcha. Yeah, I know like
1: I understand like you go like I also go
0: through phases where it's like I'm I'm reading now. I'm not I'm not watching television. Um and also like sometimes you just need to know what to watch. And so I think when it comes to television recommendations, I think New and old is always helpful mm-hmm. because people are always trying to look for new things. To them, anyway. Yeah. Um, so the show of the moment right now is one of my favorite shows, and that's The The Good Place. And it's on NBC. The fourth season is going to be starting soon on NBC, but the third season has been released on Netflix. So I'm re-watching the third season on Netflix and getting ready for the fourth season to premiere. Um, I just think it's a really hilarious show that has lots of really good talking points about where do you go after this whole life thing is over and looking at different takes on it and also the problems of some theories or some ideas of what happens afterwards. So it just makes it really super funny. Have you seen
1: The Good Place? Okay, so... I love Kristen Bell and I will basically watch anything yeah. she can. think she's Veronica the good Place, Mars, right? I know, because she's Veronica Mars. Um, but I I started The Good Place and I think I need to retry it because there's some shows, like, I'll watch a couple episodes and I'm like, no, this is not for me and I'll turn it off and somebody else will be like, no, it's really good, you have to give it another So I'll give it another go and then I'm I- loving it. I feel like the good
0: place might I be it, that show. It definitely is. I, I think most shows don't really get really good until the 6th episode just because they're setting things up. Um and there's a lot of the plot that is hidden for a bit. So it starts off one thing and then being and then it's completely different. Um so definitely give it a try. I do have to say though The Good Place is kind of the, it's a a show that if you don't have a, like a British sense of humor, you might not 100% get it. Because I feel like The Good Place has the same kind of humor as, like, The Office or Parks and Rec. Um, So it's it's more that kind of, like. It's like a stupid funny, that's what I call it. It's a stupid funny. I wouldn't say that it's ir- it's irony, <laughs> so like it's actually smarter <laughs> um so there's a lot of it's a lot of irony and a lot of satire that Americans are not as much into that as british
1: <laughs> I remember watching when I first started, and I would like ugly laugh every time she swears, and they like bleep it out with some ridiculous word. I don't know why I saw that song because I could see me like in heaven and be like, you can't say those words, Christian. (laughs) And so I feel like, I feel like that, that, like every time that happens, she's like, fork. And I I just found it hilarious.
0: It is. And like I said, it's, it's, it's more of a satire and irony. So like, what is funny is doesn't, people don't always get it. So. But I really like the good place, so I definitely recommend it. So check it out. So Kristen, right. let's
1: talk books. My favorite fiction thing world. in the whole wide world. My whole my favorite this thing. So the fiction world the fiction world it has consistently shaken up every week, which I love, because the nonfiction world seems to be I think it only stays the same because not as many non fiction books come out as fiction books in my opinion. Um
0: no, so, agreed.
1: We, and I also think that there's more fiction readers than nonfiction readers. That's true. So the there's a focal point with the nonfiction. Okay, so in the fiction world though, um we do have a new number one. It's brand new this week. A Better Man by Louise. Is that Louise? Louise? Louise. Penny. Yes, Louise. Um I think Louise. I can never I never understand those names. I'm like, add the E, move the E, what are we doing? Um, so Louise Penny. Um <laughs> Uh, this is a brand new book, so I obviously have not read it yet. I shouldn't say obviously; I do read books ahead of time sometimes, but I have not read this book, so I cannot say anything about it, whether it's good or not. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping so because it sounded really good. Uh, let me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read you. Just I remember when I was looking at these descriptions. Um, so this book says it's Gamaches, which I love the name, by the way. Uh, first date back is head of the homicide department. My favorite type of books, a job he temporarily shares with his previous second in command, Jean Guy, Bevoir. Blood floodwaters are rising across the province in the middle of turmoil. A father approaches Gamache pleading for help and finding his daughter. I'm not going to read the whole synopsis because it's huge, but it's basically like a mystery, <laughs> um, mystery murder, my favorite type of book. So I will definitely be that checking it good. out, especially since it flew right to number one. Um, the rest of them, number two, is Where the Crowd Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. We've talked about this book a million times. It's down from number one, um, but still high up there for a book that's been out for quite a while now. Um, and then we have The Girl Who Lived Twice by David Lagerkrantz um, is in number three, brand new this week. Number four, also new this week, The Dark Side by Danielle Steele. I was kind of surprised that that was – I mean, Danielle Steele is a really well-known author. <laughs> But I just yeah. realized her book still made top five. Uh, she's been around since I was like zero. And then um, in fifth right now is Sapphire Flames by I think it's Ilona Andrews. Um, I've never heard of this author, but it's the, the, the cover of this book caught my eye when I was looking at the charts. And it was one again, I would not like with all the books that came out this past week and the week before, I would not have pegged it for being in the top five, but clearly something it's not my style book, it's not a book that I would normally read, but uh now I'm curious so this this uh this list gets me gets me all wanting to read books I wouldn't normally read, which I approve of
0: and that's the whole point, really. It is. <laughs> so, like Kristen said, in terms of the nonfiction list, not a lot of movement. Um, so number one is still Educated by Tara Westover. Um, Michelle Obama's book Becoming moved up from number three to number two. Um, and then The Pioneers by David McCullough um, is still at number five. So we have a new number three and a new number four. Um, number four is a little confusing, and I won't get to that in a moment. But number three, I'm actually really hoping that this is not in the top five next time around. So please, don't buy it. <laughs> um, it is called <laughs> Radical Resistance and Revenge by Judge Janine Um and basically it's it's a political book, um, but it's part of like the political news, like the political noise of Republicans and Democrats hating each other. Um, So, Janine Perrow is a Fox News host, and she basically wrote a book about people who don't like Donald Trump as being destroyers of liberty and horrible people. Um, So, please don't get this book, because this is why we don't have nice things. (laughs) Because... People are allowed to have different opinions, and it doesn't mean that they're bad. Um, And that goes for people who disagree with me, too. So make this not a number three. Please, don't go by it. Um, Number four is (laughs) a book that has been around for a very, very long time. It's been – this is, like, 59 weeks on the bestsellers list. I think it's it's, it's more than a year old. So I think it's a year and a half, maybe even close to two, because I don't think it's been – all its existence on the bestsellers list But somehow it jumped to number four And that's Born as a, uh, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah Trevor Noah, of course, being the um, host of The Daily Show And it's a memoir about growing up biracial in South Africa During the apartheid Where literally his existence was a crime And so it's about his experiences I've read it, it's a really great book Trevor Noah has an amazing story um, and he's very entertaining to do, to read as well. So definitely pick it up. It's a great book. Um, but it's a little strange that you can go 59 weeks on the list, and then all of a sudden you're, like, back in the top five. It's strange. Nonfiction readers. Must be a good book. On- <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's a super good book. So that is what is going on in the nonfiction world in terms of the New York bestsellers. So, um, Kristen. Wow. Well. Yes, let's That's talk about, about you
1: pay what's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list or not <laughs> next week, um, or the I week like after it. next, actually. I thought you
0: were being really optimistic. Like, this is going to be a book that is going to be a top five seller. So this week, I think
1: there's a lot of books, a lot of books coming out September 3rd. There was literally the site I normally use um, – had like three rows of like five or six on each row that are coming out September 3rd. And then there was like some random ones on like September 5th, um, which September 3rd was yesterday. So some of these came out yesterday and then I have one that comes out next week because we don't talk books next week. Um, but there's a lot of books. So don't think these are the only three books coming out in the next two weeks. Um, they're we the don't only have that hours to talk about them. <laughs> Um, these ones just stuck out to me. So okay. the first one is called American Royals came out yesterday. It's by Catherine McGee. I can't tell if this book is going to be good or bad. So this is why I said, I don't know if this book will make the top list, but it intrigued me enough. So I thought American Royals is going to be like pop princesses or something, but no, they're le- they're like legitimate princesses. It is when, the back of the book describes it as when, back when Washington was going to be the first president, they gave him an option, do you want to be a president and have it like the rules by the people, or do you want to be the king? And he chose to be king instead. So all these years later, the Washington family is still in charge, like still running the throne. And so there's two daughters. One is up to be queen next, and the other one is basically the backup in case the first one fails, dies, whatever. And, of course, chaos ensues with, like, does she want to be the queen? Does she not want to be the queen? Does the other one want to be the queen? Does she want to steal it from her sister? And it's, I don't know. So I don't know if I'm going to like it.
0: This is the issue, because
1: I... I enjoy the premise
0: because it's like a what if, right? Because as we all know, George Washington is probably the most humble of all our presidents. He had the opportunity to continue. He stepped down um, to show that we're not going to have a king. So it's like a what if. like What if Washington was a selfish person and took advantage of the fact that we're a new country? I would rather the focal point of that story be that. Then the two
1: sisters, history-ish, history ish, history
0: lovers, like the first part sounds great. I don't care about the two sisters, it doesn't matter to me, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, but the so I don't
1: know it. if I'm gonna like it, I don't know because I really like the selection by Kira Cass, which was mm-hmm. like a new world. It wasn't, like, a change in the past. It was just, like, we basically crumbled in a new thing, and now there's a king, etc. So, I like that, but I don't know. This kind of sounds like it could be, like, too modern, me like, too modern, but trying to be not. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But, um, another book I know, it's so confusing. I can't. Um, another book coming out uh, yesterday um, is The Lady Rogue by Jen Bennett. I'm not going to say too much because uh, we partner up our sister side Nerd Probs. Um, Liz, one of the writers and editors over there, reviewed this book. And um, just post, we just posted up the review online. A no spoilers review so it's not going to tell you what happens so I'm going to encourage everyone to go over to nerdprobs.com and check out this book because she did do um, an advanced reader copy review of this book that it released yesterday
0: so go check do that it. out so it could help you decide what if you want to spend your money on this or if you want to spend your time on it so go see I will nerdprobs.com read the review
1: it's been out for two days and it has really good reviews. And Liz gave it a five. So what and is it's five just out of five, like, that's can, the highest. can you give like just like a like a
0: quick basic like like what is the genre?
1: Like what's the story uh, yep. about? Uh, yeah, hold on one second. I'm gonna pull it up so I don't tell you the wrong information because that would be terrible. Okay, so the Lady Rogue, oh. Jen Bennett. It is um, teen and YA fiction historical romance takes place (laughs) in Ro... (laughs) Did you laugh? I said, hmm. Oh, and it takes place in Romania. It was a huge draw for Liz because she has two adopted sisters from Romania, so she's very intrigued to read this. Um, It's like folklore, uh, fairy tales, it's that type of like fantasy vibe, but it's historical fiction more so than anything. Right. And it's published by published by Simon and Schuster, who are, I mean, they have some pretty good books in my opinion. They they publish some good ones. There's a couple publishing companies that I question their thoughts, but uh, yeah. So fantasy, um. I don't even know how to describe it because I was going to do the review and I I handed it off to Liz because I did not have the time for the hurricane coming. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But historical fiction, that tells you. Romania historical fiction, but with a fantasy type twist. Very cool. fun. And then the last one, I really don't think I need to describe it too much. It's The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. It is the official sequel to The Handmaid's Tale to think Margaret that was a little behind because we have the Handmaid's Tale show and we are now what three seasons in basically Four, three seasons. yeah and so there's a lot So I'm curious. we need to, to stop doing that what
0: creating shows, shows before, books? before the books are finished like we did that with Harry Potter and Harry Potter is great but you could tell how it could be so much better if they would have just had the whole story to work with
1: yeah but I gotta say, um, this I don't feel I don't feel like the show is going to be anything like the second book. So this think of the book as what the original author of the Handmaid's Tale wanted to happen, because basically mm-hmm. season two and three Handmaid's Tales made up. The Testament goes fifteen years after the first book, and the second season did not jump fifteen years after the first season. So gotcha. we're yeah. like. The, the show is doing all the in-between stuff, and now Margaret Atwood has jumped 15 years.
0: That's a smart way to do it, because, I mean, Game of Thrones is, was in the same boat in terms uh, of Lord, they I had mean. material, and then it turned in, like, it basically the guy that did, didn't write fast enough, and so they just created a whole thing. He got so it does, it, it,
1: the, it, that series is over. Most
0: likely, yes.
1: <laughs> I hope not,
0: but most likely. But yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> So I'm intrigued to see what Margaret Atwood's version fifteen years later and how if the the show will tie into that in any way. Or if now they'll cool. skip fifteen years at some point. I don't know. But I'm excited. Um so what that's why my, can... my out of those three or my like all books. Like like
0: what is your most ex- like out of the three, which one would you buy? <laughs>
1: The Testaments, just because I have to know. I have to know what happens next, <laughs> in according to the author herself. <laughs> um, but overall book recommendations, which I, I like to throw a random book out. Um, this is one I actually read, I think, last year's when it came out. Um, it's by J.R. Ward. I am not a J.R. Ward fanatic. They have a lot the Black Dagger Brotherhood series, I believe it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Huge followings. She has huge followings, but I saw this book and I was offered a copy before it came out and it's called Consumed and it's her new firefighter series. And I have a thing about firefighters. I grew up around firefighters. My dad was a firefighter. I love stories that involve firefighters. So I was like, okay, I'm going to read it, but it's a romance. I don't know how I feel about that, but it was so good. And it was a romance, but it was like a mystery story also. So seriously, I was like, okay, fine. Now I have to read all the JR. Word books because they're half as good as this. They're going to be good still. Um, so I would <laughs> recommend consumed um, for anyone. It is not fantasy or sci-fi, which a lot of JR. Words are. That either fantasy or it's like swords and knights and yes. stuff like that, which I don't get into. But I get, this is real, <laughs> you get into that, well you go read the rest of those, um, but this is reality-based, real life, firefighters, crime, real people, there's not a single lick of fantasy involved. So very say, cool. So,
0: so, would it be safe to say that you were consumed by Consumed? I was consumed
1: by. The, I literally read it in like a day and a half. It was so good. <laughs> it was all consuming. <laughs> so it was all consuming. You're so good with these puns.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm on it today, man. I'm on it. Uh, so you what's going on the book club? You guys decided to book, right? Book right? club.
1: We did because it's the beginning of September. So we voted at the end of August. I hope people. We did have like six, seven new people join this. Um, the very beginning of this month. So nice. that's awesome. Come join us. Gold we're also doing a fun little you. gold star. We're also real quick doing a, um, a thing this month where we're encouraging growth. So we want people to invite, invite their book loving friends. And if their friends come and then participate this month in the book, which just means posting on our posts, asking questions, interacting, um, we are going to give away a $10 gift card to the bookstore of your choice, um, either Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, um, at, the end, at the beginning of October. Uh, so do that. But this month's book is called In the Hope of Memories by Olivia Rivers. It is YA fiction that was the winning genre this month. This is the second YA fiction book we've done since April. Um, which is really the title. Good. We've rotated. I know. It, it, it sounded, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this by the title, but this is a synopsis. I'm going to read it to you so you guys, it's short, and then you guys will jump right into the, the main topic. So, in the, in the Hope of Memories by Olivia Rivers. Right before dying of a rare heart condition, Hope Jackson sets up a scavenger hunt across New York City using her graffiti art. The directions she leaves her four closest friends are simple. Solve the clues hidden in her art, and they'll solve the problems haunting their lives. Together, the four teens take to the streets of New York to complete Hope's scavenger hunt and fulfill her dying wishes. But in order to unravel the clues hidden in Hope's graffiti, her friends will have to confront their personal demons head on. That's a way to die. I know. And I... I need I, to start reading at scavenger hunt. I know. My, my partner, Liz, has already started reading it because we post three, a question for every three chapters. So every... Mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Question, a question gets posted, and it's regarding three of the chapters. So she already started it, and she was like, "Just be aware, it's not a feel-good book. It's a hard-hitting book." That, yeah. So someone,
0: yeah, died of a heart condition, and now she's like trying to force her friends to acknowledge sure, the things sure. that they were probably avoiding for a very, very long time. I think that's that is yeah. a good friend. I am dead. You're sad. I'm gonna make you sadder, but it's gonna make you stronger. <laughs> I like <laughs> I need I like more friends favorite. like this in my life. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: I'll do <laughs> that when I, I die, I'll leave you a hunt. scavenger hunt, okay? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I would just leave jokes. You probably would. I'd leave a leave a scavenger hunt to like a sticky note that says like love you. <laughs> I, I like.
0: It. I try to think it way better than trying to confront demons. But this sounds like a really super interesting, interesting book.
1: And I'll the title
0: is there. like, "In the Hope of Memory." Like you, like you have to say it a certain way. Like it's very makes so you pause. <laughs> and then you find out the character is hope, and then it takes it to a whole new meaning.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right,
1: uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right.
0: No one told you that was going to be this way. You're job for Joe. That is the sound of my adolescence
1: (laughs) i feel the urge to keep singing
0: (laughs) it really was was though like i started watching friends well first of all there was not many things in terms of sitcoms that my family agreed on because my mom is like watch the news 24 7 which has its good points and it's very very low low points And then my dad just really liked Frasier and things like that, which I was not into. And so Friends was the was the was the show where we could all agree that this is the show. And so we would like sit in front of the TV with like our TV like dinner trays and and just watch Friends and eat dinner. It was a very it was a good time. So Friends brought the family together. Um, So this was the show that 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 everyone could agree on that this was a good show. So the reason we're talking about this show at least the reason that i came up with it <laughs> is not because i just <laughs> randomly was like i want to talk about this show that i watched in the 90s and early in 2000s um the reason why is because it is the 25th anniversary of Fran- of friends and they're actually going to be releasing some choice or some favorite episodes uh in the movie theaters um September 23rd, 28th and October 2nd. So it's the 25th anniversary, 25 years. I am not going cuz it seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I I did contemplate it though. Then I was like, but I have all the DVD, like are they going to add like extra footage? But I already have the DVDs with extra footage. So who knows? Um I might I think I need to find out more in order for me to decide to go. But you live in years. California.
1: The whole cast could show up in your theater. This is true.
0: Although, no, probably not where I am. Probably LA would be the most likely of places. Boring. But, um... But yeah, 25 years. Can you believe 25 years? Makes me feel old. I feel old. <laughs> Super old. Because Super. I've been watching it for so long. And I remember all of 25 of those years. <laughs> um... <laughs> So if you're a really huge Friends fan and you want to watch in the movie theater, I do believe there is going to be some extra footage, um, and it's a three-night event. It's not the same episodes for, all, for each night, so they, there is a different selection of episodes for September 23rd, 28th, and October 2nd. So look into details about that. Um, but in, in honor of celebrating 25 years of Friends, um, I thought it would be best to talk about it. And I'll be straight up honest. I I've, I've seen friends so many times. Cuz sometimes when you know how there's things that you put on when you're like I don't really want to pay attention to anything, I just want something yes. on. Yes. Yeah. And usually it's like food network shows like Chopped and like just things that are on or like home and garden or home improvement kind of shows.
1: HGTV. But- <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, those are usually, like, the go-tos. But, like, sometimes I just put Friends on. Like, Friends is my show that I just kind of keep on. Or, like, if I'm having insomnia or if my neighbors are being loud, I just put that on and I fall asleep to it. So, it's, like, (laughs) Friends is just constantly in rotation in my life, it feels like. So, it's a a show that I've never really let go of. Um, But you were saying that you haven't seen Friends in a while.
1: I haven't. I... Have probably seen the series twice as a whole. Now that's not saying I don't watch episodes, but I I have up until recently, probably not. I guess in the last year, I don't remember when exactly. I didn't have access to watch it because it's never been on any of the streaming and such. Um. So, or at least not that I was aware of. So I didn't get the opportunity to watch um, but I would watch episodes here there or if I was somewhere where I had cable which I don't I don't do cable um, I yeah. would um, I would turn and there'd be like a you know a marathon of Friends episodes turn it on and watch them so I have watched a lot of it but I haven't just sat down and watched from start to finish in a very long time well Friends is
0: on Netflix so you can stream all 10 seasons yeah. um and that's, us- that's usually when I when I'm going to sleep trying to fight insomnia or things like that. That's usually the medium in which I watch it. Um yeah. So it is on. It is on streaming. It's on Netflix, and it's also now on Nick at Night, which also makes me feel old. Because um, back when I was a kid, Nick at Night was like, I love Lucy, you know, <laughs> or like. <laughs> like the, or, like, different jokes. Like, so, like, shows, like shows from, like, from the, the 70s, 70s and 60s. Yeah. <laughs> so now that, like, I was, like, introducing friends on Nick at Night, I'm like, oh, this is this feels horrible.
1: It's like when like the <laughs> radio does, like, the oldies and has stuff from our childhood now. It
0: really makes oh, you... God, anyway, so basically yeah. what I'm trying to say is that I have a bit of a nostalgia and fear of getting old, and, um... So this is why we're talking about Friends. Yeah. So what, in your opinion, and this is a pretty big question because it's, we're speculating for a whole group of people that we haven't really spoken to, but what do you think makes Friends such a special show? Because really it really it is. It is still a popular show. Even the students that I, I teach know about Friends. Um, yep.
1: My 16-year-old my 16 16 niece, 12. this is her favorite show of all time. And
0: she's 16. So what is it about Uh, that makes it a special show?
1: I think, you you know, I was thinking about this before we started tonight, and I was like, I don't know, it's just good. Like, what else can you say? It's just a good show. (laughs) But you kind of hinted on it before. It was probably one of the few shows on TV that, like, an entire family could sit down and watch and laugh at. Like, there wasn't anything ridiculously inappropriate so your kids could sit with you. So it was like a family show that everyone could enjoy and it's a show that it's timeless. Like the things that they went through then on that show are still relevant now. So mm-hmm. like I think that's why it stays relevant and why like our kids or Kids in school that you teach are watching this show is because it wasn't anything that was like specific to that time it wasn't about like a group of rich friends um, you know, it wasn't like sex in the city where not everyone can relate I mean yeah, this could be anyone this could be your parents, this could be your aunt, this could be you it, you know I feel like it's something that the problems and the the situations they find themselves in are things that everyone can relate to.
0: Yeah, I do think it has a, a pretty good relatability factor in that it's like, when I was trying to convince uh, one of my friends to actually watch Friends, um, she was like, well, why do you, like, what is it about? And I'm like, it's about Friends. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> that's what? Like, that's... It's like like that's not that's not really complex, and I'm like, well, it's a it's a sitcom, so it's not necessarily supposed to be complex. Um, uh, And then the the other thing is that (laughs) no. Well, I mean, like, so what she was asking is, everyone loves Friends, but what makes it so special? It was kind of like the question that I was asking you. So she's like, what is it about? Does it make you think? Does it make you this? And it doesn't necessarily make you think, but what I enjoyed it is because I could see the dynamics of the the relationships that i have within the cast of characters like i right. do have a Joey i did have a Joey in my life when i was in high school and i did have friends that re- you know that reminded me of of certain cast members and just the way that they talked about things or their approach or what they were going through and then when i was in my 20s i started to realize it on a different level that i never understood it as a teenager because that's what the show at least began with was the, the pitfalls of living in the, you know, in your twenties and your relationship problems and expectations and, you know, the, the, just right. all the disappointments oops, that you have in your twenties. And so yes. it really is, I think what makes it a special show is the, is the chemistry between the actors and actresses and that are all in that show. And the fact that I think people can see their relationships inside those characters, even if the problems that they're dealing with might be over exaggerated or ridiculous um, because of the sitcom factor. I think there are a lot of people can see themselves in the show for sure. I agree. Um, but I do think that watching it from watching it in the 90s and the t- early 2000s, it felt like a, a cutting edge show. Like it felt like wow, like, you know, like the first lesbian wedding on television, um, they were pretty progressive when it comes to LGBTQ issues in general with Chandler, um, Chandler's dad being trans. Like in the moment, it seemed very progressive. But then when you watch it back from 2019, you're like, oh, like like there are things that, that really show you, that even from that show where where in the moment it was very progressive and controversial at points. Um, looking at it from 2019, you're like, wow, that like that seems a little like like for instance Ross being uncomfortable with a, a male nanny. You know, like there's there's things in there that that in 2019 wouldn't be necessarily the thing that would that would you would see on television. You know what I mean? So you yeah, definitely have progress then, them. But um, it was a pretty progressive show for when it was on, for sure. Um, in terms of the things that be there. So I who is your favorite character?
1: Okay, so I'm torn on this. I, I'm i going to do, instead of this one character, I'm going to do a favorite girl and a favorite boy. Because a lot of the time, these two girls, while this. they're all friends, they're split. To two. Um, my favorite guy, I'm gonna have to say, is Joey because he's so funny and like he does these things, and you're like, he's not really dumb, right? Like, he can't be that dumb. And it's just like, he's <laughs> not, he's brilliant, but he just does these things, and you're like, I, I need, I want a friend like you, just so. I could be like, oh, <laughs> like all the time, like oh, really? Like I, I did I
0: don't have know. a friend like, like Joey. Joey. I did have a friend I like Joey, a friend like but, Joey. Like but I wasn't all. I was very me. I was like, are we really? Like, you serious? This is this is really happening. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my favorite girl is everyone's going to think it's going to be Jennifer Aniston's character because I really love Jennifer, but I actually love Monica because I relate I feel like Monica's that one that like everyone loves her but times she can be too much and I feel like I'm that way like sometimes I'm like oh I wouldn't want to hang out with me either because I'm being extra today and I feel like Monica is so like extra at times and it's like everyone just doesn't want to be around her and she gets so worked up about things if it's not perfect mm-hmm. and I'm that way, like I need to plan. I need to know what's happening or when it's happening or why it's happening. And I need time to prepare. And yeah. if I don't, then I get really stressed out and I feel like I relate to her so much.
0: No, I definitely feel you. Um, I would say for me, in terms of guys, it would be Chandler. Um, I really enjoy his dry sense of humor and his sarcasm. And to be honest, you're I'm probably you're Chandler. Chandler to most of my friends. Um, <laughs> you are in terms of how I interact, and then um, I I would say for the girls I I agree with Monica. I think Monica. I really am invested in a lot of her storylines too, compared to the other um, female characters in terms of how she changed and progressed, and how she yes yeah, she started off super uptight, and then later on she still had her uptight moments, but she definitely loosened up and and, and, and grew um, as the seasons progressed. So I would say Monica and Chandler are probably my my two favorite. And so okay, well, you should probably opposite, already know then,
1: that I would say if, in the opposite who would be your least favorite if they're your favorite? You only got four more characters left.
0: Alright, so well, if we're talking for...
1: least favorite of the friends because I have other non- Super important characters I'm not that annoy about, me. Uh, so I'm,
0: I'm, Yeah, no, I'm never going to say the actor or actresses, so, like, because that doesn't matter. Or to me, it's the characters. I would say, in terms well, of the I most mean, like... annoying character, to me, yeah. that frustrated me the most was probably Ross. Even though I do think that a lot of his storylines are hilarious, and David Schimmer had to do some ridiculous stuff that made me laugh. But Ross just annoyed me most of the time in terms of how baby he can Yeah, oh, he is. And baby. like and okay, so now that we've opened this can of worms, one of my biggest things that I just strongly dislike about Ross is first of all, he did fire Freddie Prince Junior as the manny and I thought he was fantastic. So I'm still a little bitter about that. Um <laughs> The other thing is, do you think, do you agree with Ross that he was on a break?
1: (laughs) I Okay, so I've gotten advice with my male best friend about the word break. Because he'll say, well, if you're on a break, you're not broken up, or you're broken up. And I'm like, no, because if we're broken up, just say we're broken up. You say, we're just going to take a break. I look at, like, if I'm at work and I take a break. I'm going in the break room. I'm going to sit down for 15 minutes, and I'm going to come back. But I'm, yes. there, there's no expectation that I am going to leave and not return. So if if work came that's to me I was, I've like, that's how I lost listen, many jobs. Gonna, <laughs> like if 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 my employer came to me and was like, "Listen, we're going to like break off, like break this off," then I'm like, "Oh, sh- I'm fired." Like I'm losing my job. I'm not coming back. But if you just say, Hey, go take a break, I'm coming back. So a break is not broken up. It just we're gonna take a break and we're gonna step back.
0: My whole frustration about this whole thing is who cares about the technicality? You know what I mean? Like break break up I don't care. If you are in a long term serious relationship and you sleep with someone the night that you broke up, you're kind of a crappy person. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And
1: then
0: then the next morning she comes and the lady is still there and you're like not telling her the truth. And like there's a lot more things that are problematic about that whole situation besides the term break or breakup.
1: Right. If it was supposed to be, if it shouldn't have been that big of a deal, why were you trying to hide it?
0: Yes. And the other thing is, no one is required to forgive
1: you. Mm -hmm.
0: So, whether it's a break or a breakup, if Rachel's like, hey, or if you're in a relationship with someone and you had a break or a breakup, and then they slept with someone the night it happened, which is weird, and then you go and say, hey, I want to talk about things, and then you find this out in the way that she did, there was no requirement for her to be like I forgive you let's be in a relationship she gets to set the terms right. at that point whether or not she trusts him right. whether or not she feels like she's respected so fighting about a technicality like I just don't under- I just don't get that fight it's her decision whether or not she wants to continue or not on the break or not on a break it doesn't matter and that whole thing that's partly why Ross annoys me is because he gets so caught up in technicality sometimes that he doesn't see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is not that he was on a break. The bigger picture is that he slept with someone the night after a big fight, which is Let's just call a spade a spade. You're a either
1: couple. Let's let's not use the word break, people. Let's just you're either in a relationship or you're not. There's no in between. Those That's the standard in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. So let's Yeah, like don't, like you might be in like an open relationship, but you, but the word break should not be used. You're either breaking up or you're not. So like, uh, that's just just, it's ridiculous to me. I can't, I can't
0: even. (sighs) Technicality is just Ross probably annoys me the most in terms of just he gets really caught up on things and then he needs to be right. I feel like if I was friends with him, he you know, one of us would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I I agree that Ross is annoying. I will say Ross has gotten me through many uh many hurricanes with his pivot meme. <laughs> yeah. Um That's so, going be like
0: has some great lines and some great stories and some very like iconic comedic scenes. Um yes. but his character that what I was criticizing yeah
1: but um so out of the main characters and when earlier when I said there's outside characters I just mean aside from the main six there's other characters (laughs) that I dislike far more than any of the six um but if we're talking the main group honestly Phoebe kind of irks me I don't know why I feel like she's either excessively stupid at times. Not that she's overall stupid. Just like she acts excessively stupid. Or I know she's CBD mothering research. everyone. And I totally know, know why. The you know why she annoys you. <laughs>
0: the reason she annoys you, because I know you, <laughs> is that she's flaky. Oh God, she's so flaky. (laughs) She goes back. Not only is she like flaky in terms of like like changing her mind, but even her personality goes back and forth between Type A and hippie. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, she annoys. She's very flighty, and I think that with your Type A sensibilities, it would annoy you. It makes total sense. She does. She does. Um. Is, so, is there anything about Friends in terms of storyline that made you unhappy or you didn't care for? Oh,
1: that's a deep question. Um, if you need a moment,
0: I have an answer that I can give while you think.
1: I do need a moment because I can't, off the top of my head and even having tried to think of one, I haven't come up with someone I don't like that really, really, really bothers me.
0: I really do. Could have so, done without the whole Rachel and Joey thing. <laughs> it just seemed like a weird. Yeah, that.
1: I agree. I do agree with that. I hadn't even thought of that. That was it. Was so like off out of left field that I kind of blasted it out of my head. I agree. I feel like it was forced. Like they are not a good match. <laughs> I don't know how that ever happened. Yes. Agreed. So. So I think
0: that's probably the only thing that I really was just like, why is this happening? <laughs> what is going on? They've obviously for- lost the ability to come up with creative things. But, so I think that was the, the only thing that really, like in terms of storyline, that, that upset me. Um, yeah. Do you have any favorite episodes that really come to your mind?
1: Um, This took some thinking because like I said I haven't watched the whole series in a very long time but I was thinking back of things I liked the most and one of my favorite things is Monica when she was fat <laughs> and I don't know why yeah. because it's like the, the Monica we love now with all of her type a overness excessiveness but, like, we're in a body where, like, nobody really respected her for whatever purpose, whatever reason. But, so yeah. it was kind of, I don't know. So one of my favorite episodes was when they were flashing back to, like, old Thanksgivings. I loved I basically anything where we got to see her back in the day. But that was one of mine. I just find it funny, all the crap that used to happen sure. to her.
0: And I do think, because bigger Monica seemed very happy and bubbly, like you said. Yeah. And I and I do think that there's some truth. Like, for instance, I've lost a lot of weight um, over the last few years. And when that happens, you sometimes get very, like, militant. Like, you, you get overly controlling because you're afraid if you're not, you're going to gain it all back. So I sometimes wonder, I sometimes wonder about Monica, and I wish they actually explored this a little bit, is that I wonder if when she was younger, she grew fat because of her mother, who pretty obviously prefers her older brother. And so she was filling a love void. And then when she lost the weight, she had to channel it in some other way, which was just becoming incredibly OCD about everything, and then having that like need to compete and need to be better, um, kind of mentality that Monica had. So, I I think that's that's where they were going. I was happy, bigger Monica versus. OCD bin Monica um, because I could totally see that being a thing. I wish they explored that a little bit more. I agree. Man. Um, my favorite would probably be the episode where the guys and the girls are playing games about each other and the girls lose and then they have to switch apartments. I just thought that whole Uh-oh. episode was super... Funny and also reminded me of something that me and my friends would have done for sure. Um, and okay. I also real, like, like all the Thanksgiving real, episodes too. Oh, thanks.
1: I like holiday episodes. I don't know why. I just love when they all friends did like Thanksgiving. That. One. Yes. Um. I had a question. So I found it interesting. The one thing, and maybe it's because of my annoyance with Phoebe. Is that all the friends were right there? They all lived super close. And then Phoebe was always like this outsider at times because she didn't live with them a majority of the time. Yeah. It mm-hmm. says, I don't even remember if she did at all, but she always had her, like, her own place.
0: Yeah, she was um, Monica's first, uh, Monica's roommate before Rachel.
1: But like, I just found it weird. I'm like, I get that they're like, you know, things change and you can't live together forever, but. I don't know. I just found it. I always felt like Stevie was the outsider, and, and maybe that's what added to my annoyance with her. I uh,
0: don't maybe, but like also like that was mentioned when Rachel, when Ross was when Ross had to give up Rachel to make his ex-wife Emily happy. Rachel was like. I thought the first one that would get cut out was, was you and she was talking to Phoebe because you're, you're not connected to anyone. You don't live, you know? Um, so I think that, <laughs> that, that is definitely true. Um, but also I think it's true to life because you are not always just friends with the people who are right next to
1: you, to you and true. that you
0: have connections. And her connection is that she became friends with Monica and lived with Monica before Rachel came to the picture. Um, but she's definitely a little bit more removed. And I think she's also a very different personality um, her compared to the right. other. But I also think that it it's needed because the other ones are so New York <laughs> um, that having this, like... Street smart slash hippie kind of a character is is an interesting comparison point, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, who is your favorite non-main cast character?
1: Oh.
0: Because um, there's lots of really good ones. You got.
1: I don't. Okay, Jana, this is probably. Okay. This is, so you just stole it. But I would, like, most people hate Janice. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because she's so god-awfully annoying with that voice. But I yeah, really like her. her. Yeah, yeah, like, I really, I just felt like she brought this, like, comedic relief. Because even if it was, like, super serious situation, she would talk and I'd be like, I cannot take her seriously at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you have, you have Gunther that was a steady supporting oh. character. Um, of mm-hmm. course, Richard, that came in and
1: out. Yep. Uh,
0: the no. various parents.
1: Yeah, this is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Janet and
0: got Ross's girlfriends. Plural. <laughs> Slash wives. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> so I I personally love Friends just because it, it really is a great show about relationships, and I think and just having a laugh and being silly and not taking yourself seriously, I think it's another reason why friends is such a, such a great show. Um, I haven't watched the whole series again. You should. Um, and I think that's why every generation has found something in friends to, to enjoy lack Absolutely. of diversity and other things aside. Um, it really is, a I think a really good show. Very good show. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Sadly, that is all the time we have for the discussion part of it. But thankfully, <laughs> we have to talk about our nerdy obsession or things that we just can't yeah. get rid of this week. So what is your nerdy obsession this week, Kristen?
1: My nerdy obsession this week is puzzles. And that's probably because I was fully in I'm going to lose power mode. And so I busted mm-hmm. out this puzzle I bought a long time ago. It's called Reader's Paradise. And it's literally like a library room, but it's like, it looks like it's in a house, but like every surface is books. And it's really, it's really complicated and intricate. And it's really hard because it's like these tiny little book covers. and you got to piece them all together. So I've been working on it for like four days with my daughter and we've gotten maybe a quarter of it put together, but it is starting to come (laughs) together and I'm very excited. And it just reminded me how much I love, like, the simplicity, but also, like, the, the brain work that is needed to sit and focus hard enough to do a puzzle, not on yeah. an electronic device.
0: Yeah, No. puzzles are amazing and frustrating at the same time. I love time. it. Uh, my nice. nerdy obsession is that I am a huge Avatar The Last Airbender uh, fan, not the yeah. movie. That sucks. <laughs> um, and so I bought myself a airbender t-shirt and I'm super excited about that all right so uh, I'm just going to do some last minute things so make sure you follow talk nerdy underscore radio on twitter um, so that you can uh, give us feedback or ideas for our next show follow nerdprobs.com for Liz's review of the lady rogue as well as for my music reviews that I do every weekend um, and next Wednesday, we're going to be back talking movies and music, and we're going to be talking about romance films. It's going to be romance films for people who don't really like romance. Should be good. So definitely stick in, to, uh, definitely tune in for next Wednesday for that. I'm going to be waiting with excitement for my Airbender t shirt to arrive. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on Wednesday of next week.
1: Bye.